flee and one to flee made. And we want to pray as Phil again comes to us and reminds ourselves of you, Jesus, and how you reacted with people, how you met people, how people encountered Jesus. We pray that we'd continue to encounter Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all. Can you hear me? Yes, one, two. Yep, great. So it's great to be with you this morning, and then we're going to get straight into it. We're going to be looking at the the story of the calling of Levi, and it's in the book of Luke, so we're going to be looking at the book of Luke, so if you've got a Bible, you want to find Luke chapter 5, and um, this account of Levi's calling is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and in Matthew, um, he is called Matthew, and in the book of um, Luke and the book of Mark, he's called Levi. And there's been lots of debate over the years about why that is, but um, they're obviously the same account and the same person. And um, one of the things is that sometimes when you're around Jesus, people's names get changed, as in Simon Peter, and, and Matthew actually means gift of God. And I wonder whether or not when, once Levi had come to Christ, he, um, Jesus had said to him, well, you're now, you're now Matthew, and Matthew would really like that. And Matthew then went on, Levi then went on to write the book of Matthew, which is a a significant book in the Bible. And these first three books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are called synoptic gospels. They're seen together. They, they, they use similar sources, but they are each written for different audiences. So we're going to pick up from Matthew 5, um, starting at verse 27, and it says this. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, who belonged to their sect, complained to his disciples, Why do you eat, with, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Jesus had been going around the area of Galilee um, doing the things that Jesus had come to do, which was to proclaim the kingdom, to say that they, look, there's a, there's a new rule and reign happening on earth, that I have come as, as king. The kingdom has come. He was healing the sick, people with leprosy and the paralyzed and people with fever were getting healed. He was driving out demons Yes, demons really do exist. And Jesus was driving them out. And he's doing all these things. And then he comes across a tax collector. Now, tax collectors were, were far worse than we would class traffic wardens or anything like that. They were like, the, you know, they were terrible because what they were was basically they were ripping off their own people. They were working for the Romans um, and paying taxes to Caesar. And they would, they would be taking extra money. And that's why... Whenever you see a tax collector in the New Testament, they're always kind of wealthy guys with lots of money, and that's because they've been ripping people off. And Matt, um, Levi doesn't appear to have been in a position where he was looking for Jesus. He wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus comes to him and says, come and follow me. That's a really good argument for predestination and election, isn't it? You know that, that you know, it wasn't on Levi's radar to 
to, to come to Jesus. But when Jesus said, Levi, come and follow me, it says that he, he got up, he left everything and followed Jesus. Now, did he, did he leave his money behind? Well, the Bible doesn't tell us that. But, you know, I, I can imagine that he, at that point, he packed away all of his coins, put them in his pocket and, and ran after Jesus. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? And, you know, it's inspiring for us too because we need to be people like that that are prepared to just, just, just pack it all up and just run after Jesus and follow him. Jesus was also calling Levi to become part of the posse, to be part of the disciples. And as he was going around Galilee, I, I, I imagine that... Um, Levi was one of the tax collectors that had been taxing Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, as they were making money from selling their fish. And here was Jesus calling Levi to be part of this family, um, this group of people that Levi had been ripping off. But nowhere in the Bible do you see um, that being a problem. Um, the disciples were accepting of Levi because they'd seen that he'd got up left everything to follow Jesus. And we know it's true because the Gospels were written after looking back on the, on the life of Jesus. And if, if, if Levi or Matthew had not changed, if he'd not really left everything to follow Jesus, we would, we would have heard about it. So this guy, Levi, has done a great thing. He's, he's stepped out and he's, he's stepped into a new life. And immediately of starting this new life there's been a there's been a change because instead of being a greedy tax collector that sits on his money and enjoys it for himself it says that he suddenly threw a large oh sorry a great banquet for a large crowd of tax collectors immediately he starts doing alpha you know he's like he's, he's doing proper alpha you know with jesus you know there in person um, you know, not online or Zoom like we're doing at the moment. You know, a proper alpha course. And he's inviting the tax collectors and other people from the community to come and, and have a meal together. And it said it was a great banquet. It would have had meat and red wine and cheese and olives, beautiful fruit from Israel, and flatbreads. You know those lovely flatbreads that they do in that part of the world? And they would have... They would have, they would have been welcome and people, people came and sat and ate with Jesus. And then, you know, don't we need to be like that? Don't we need to be people that throw parties for people that don't know Jesus? What good is it if we only ever throw parties for people that are like us? We need to be throwing parties for people to invite everybody to come and join us. So, you know, I want to encourage you, Jubilee, from now on, right, in, in your COVID groups of six or where it is, I want you to try and throw as many parties, you know. We need to be extravagant at throwing parties. We need to be people that are inviting people in. You know, not just a few tacos on a plate, right, or some, or some limp nuts, you know, or a nachos grande. We need to be throwing proper parties, you know, and inviting people to come and, and, and eat with us and to fellowship with us and, and just to love people. You know, we're supposed to be generous. We've been given so much and we're supposed to share it. We can't keep it to ourselves. We've got to 
share it. If we don't share it, then, gosh, you know, that's, that's terrible. Timothy says, as for the rich in this present age, that's us, by the way, the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future. So throw parties. I had a friend once that didn't want to do growth groups around his house because he was scared of wearing the carpets out. And I just couldn't believe how tight this guy was. And I, I said to him, I said, what on earth are you, you know, you, you know, don't worry, right, about all of that. You know, if, if you have so many people around your house that your carpet wears out, right, God will provide you with another carpet. Right? I am absolutely confident of that. But why don't we, why don't we you know, why don't we see if that would happen? Why don't we put that to the test? Why don't we step out and be people that just invite people to come with us? The Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to that sect complained. You know, religious people will always complain. There's a big difference between religion and faith, true faith. You know, religion is about following a set of rules to get to a certain place. And, um, you know, these tax collectors and other um, dodgy people were, were obviously not, um, you know, what these religious people thought were correct. They'd been written, you know, they'd been written off by the religious people, but they'd not been written off by Jesus. You know, religious people are always kind of like, uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to show what they can do. And their, um, you know, their deeds, you know, um, they think will get them right with God. But it's not like that. It's not, you can never do enough good to, to get right with God. And we should never write people off. Sometimes people feel so written off in this world. Corrie ten Boom, the famous Dutch missionary, said, there's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. No matter where you are in life and no matter how low you think you've gone, God's love is deeper still. God's love is there to lift you up. And there is... Um, only one hope, and that is in Jesus Christ. The Pharisees asked a, a, a menacing question of Jesus. Why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus beautifully comes back at them and says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. It's not the people that are healthy that need a doctor we've already found Jesus it's people that don't know Jesus that we need to be sharing him with we've got a message of hope you know Jesus has so changed my life man you know I, I am such a different person to to the person that didn't know Christ and I know for many of you here you're in that same place and you know as a as a church as a group of people what should we be about? Well, we should be about proclaiming the gospel, advancing the kingdom, planting churches. How are we doing? How are we doing at that? How are you doing at that? Because that's what we're about. We've got a commission. You know what a commission is? It's like a, it's like a command to go and do something. We've been commissioned to go and make disciples. Who are you discipling? Ask yourself the question. Who am I discipling? And the next question should be, who can I start to disciple? 
We need to be people that are going out there and making a difference. And just as Levi, you know, he, he, he'd, only, he'd only known Jesus like a really short time. And already he'd inviting loads of people around, a large crowd gathered. And he was, he was inviting Jesus into his situation. The other thing about religious people is that they think that their own righteousness will save them. And the truth is, is that you have, you have and I have nothing about us that will make us right with God. There is nothing that you can do to make yourself right with God. Everything that you have before God is, comes from Jesus. Our righteousness is not our own. Our righteousness is that of Jesus Christ and him alone. Corinthians tells us God who made, made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might, become the, we might have the righteousness of God. I'll say that again because I said it completely wrong. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We're all in the same predicament. We've all messed up. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single person on this planet has messed up. And there is only one hope, and that's in Jesus. Jesus went to the cross, laid down his life, took the punishment that should have been ours so that we could be made right with God. When we go before him, when we pass, pass away, you know, our only defense is the blood of Jesus. That's the only defense we have in this life is Jesus' blood. And I want to just say really, really quickly, and I'm running out of time, but I just want to say really quickly that I want to just explain to you that the cross is available for everyone. The message of the cross in Jesus is there for everyone. There's three things that I, that I need you to say. Thank you, sorry, and please. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to take the punishment that should have been mine. Sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Our sin is serious and separates us from God, but Jesus has taken the punishment for that sin. And please, please come into my life and to change me and make me the person you want me to be. Can we just close our eyes a second? I just want to say a quick prayer. If you've never given your life to Jesus and you think that this might be a good time to do that, then just repeat this prayer after me in your head and then at the end of it we'll all say amen. I'm going to go slow. Dear God, thank you that you love me and have a plan and purpose for my life. I'm sorry for ignoring you and doing things my way. I know my sin has hurt you and others around me, and I am sorry. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for me and took the punishment for my sin. Please forgive me and help me by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You said that prayer for the first time. Please tell somebody, tell the guys on the um, welcome team outside um, and get some information. Thank you. Great. Thank you so much, Phil. Maybe uh, there's some questions that you do have. Then we still have our Alpha course, which is running during the weekend. Fortunately, it's not a feast at our house, but it is online. It's not too late to join that if you do have questions and want to know more. Anything about the life of the church can be found on our social media page or on our website. You can email us uh, to ask any questions or know any more information about uh, the life of the church. There's lots going on during the week, including our growth group.